See, nobody needs to sell me on Allen Robinson. I've been an Allen Robinson guy since before he got into the NFL. I loved, loved the way he played at Penn State and felt like he was going to be someone who could really carve an NFL career out for himself. And boy, did he ever do that. Now he's in Pittsburgh. Yes, please. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is... Daily shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. I try to throw you a curve every once in a while in reading these things. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. The Steelers did acquire Robinson from the Rams yesterday via trade. And it really wasn't much of a trade, swapping seventh-round picks. The Rams picking up the bulk or half of Robinson's $10 million salary. And it's a no-risk, no-lose proposition. In fact, I can't even fathom that there's anything to discuss or debate about the actual trade, about the acquisition. Because let's just say, hypothetically, Anthony Miller comes into camp and just looks like the next Jerry Rice, and you don't have room for Robinson, not suggesting this is going to happen, just cut him. I mean, not to sound cold, but you just cut him. There's no pain at all for the franchise. None. There's no cap hit. There's not a penny spent. Nothing. Zero. He would have eaten some meals, but he would have eaten some meals that somebody else would have eaten. You know, there's just nothing here to dislike. What I am interested in is what the impact is overall on the roster, in particular on the wide receiver room, and then concurrently on the upcoming NFL draft. Where the room is concerned, I'm going to bring up Miller again, and I don't know that you're going to hear anybody else do that. I happen to be a Miller guy. You know who else? fits into that category? Yeah. Mike Tomlin and pretty much all of the evaluators within the Steelers do not underestimate how much they like him. If they could trust that he'd be a thousand percent recovered and would somehow play all 17 games unconditionally, they'd give him a real shot in 2023. Trust me on that. But they can't. And that's no way to build a roster. You don't do anything on hope. It's not a plan. What you can do is go out and get yourself one whale of a reinforcement in this guy. While at the same time adding some valuable veteran perspective, which you weren't really going to get from Miles Boykin, a really good dude, just wasn't involved enough in order to have the voice that you need to have in the locker room. I think you know what I mean. When I'm saying that, if you're a guy who's just getting onto the field for three or four offensive snaps, you make one catch every two weeks, and you go and you admonish the wide receivers who are actually playing, they don't want to hear you. They just don't. They can respect you. They can like you. They might even stand there with open eyes pretending to listen to you, but you're still just that guy who never plays. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect Rigor, relevance, that's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more.
When it's Robinson, it's going to be a little bit different. He's 29 now. He's going to turn 30 in August. Uh, That's old in receiving years. It's not that old, but it's old enough to be heard. What happens to the rest of the guys? What happens to uh, the order in which they get used? That's where this gets fun. First, dispense with any talk of Deontay Johnson getting traded. It will not happen. There is not a sufficient replacement for him, and you would be left with a receiving core that really wouldn't be getting a whole lot of separation, which isn't doing your quarterback any favors. Whereas Deontay is, at the worst, a top three guy when it comes to separation in the entire league. Some will say he is top one in that regard. For all his quirks and oddities and stuff that tick you off, there's something to be said for someone who gets open and who's going to, on his better days, come up with seven, eight catches. Yeah, I know. It might take 13 or 14 targets. I know. Against the tougher opponents. Okay, okay, whatever. He's not getting traded, all right? He's just not. George Pickens, you want to make sure that he's your two, that he is utilized in creative ways. And yes, I just use creative in the same concept as what I'm about to mention here now, and that's the name of Matt Canada. But, you know, you got to go with these things, not so much from a hope perspective. You got to think there's some reason they kept the guy, you know, other than trying to save some face. So let's just presume that Canada can come up with a route tree that's more imaginative than a straight arrow for Pickens this year. And Pickens gets involved. And Pickens gets heavily involved. You're three is going to be, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to give you the three yet. Your four is going to be Calvin Austin. Don't move him up the depth chart. You don't know what you've got from him health-wise right now. You don't know and can't know until he's in camp and he's busting it and he's making the hard turns and he's falling uh, on that foot and doing things to it that there's no way he can simulate right now. You just don't know. But if he is healthy, you still want him in that role because you want him to be the guy who's taking a lot of those, you know, end arounds and so forth that we're going to Steven Sims and Gunnar Olszewski and so forth. That's his role. You want him to be the wild card. You don't want him lining up in some, you know, regular slot. You want him to be utilized in a number of different ways. Again, Bear with me when it comes to citing creativity and this particular coordinator. But where Robinson fits, he's he's like Miller Insurance, except that he'll probably beat Miller out. And all that you saw from the Steelers was that they weren't willing to run the risk. That's all. They weren't willing to run the risk on Miller. They weren't willing to run the risk on Austin. And they brought in someone who really, if you look back over Robinson's history, isn't much of a risk. You know what you're going to get when he's on the field. He's been healthy for the most part, and he's had some really trash quarterbacks for a while, which I shouldn't have to tell you considering he just spent a whole bunch of time in Chicago. Bring him in. Let him help the others grow Let him present a professional and viable target for Kenny Pickett, particularly in the red zone, which has always been 
Robinson's strong suit going back to Penn State, and achieve all of that at the low, low cost of virtually nothing. Wow. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Dalton Wilding, who says, Hey, DK. Hope you're doing well. How long have you been covering Pittsburgh sports? Such an amazing opportunity to get into the locker room with these players and get to know the real stuff. Um, Dalton, I'm going to assume, first of all, that you're a little bit on the younger side for a couple of reasons. And pardon me in advance if you're not, but just hear this out even if I'm wrong. Uh, a, I've been at this for a while, okay? I don't ever want to assume that everybody knows, okay? Because I'm not nearly that important. But I've been covering Pittsburgh sports my whole life, and that dates back to the 1990s when I got on board at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. So I've been doing this for about 30 years, all three teams. And in 2014, I became really dissatisfied with the general state of the newspaper industry and decided to form my own media company, DK Pittsburgh Sports, which I'm happy to tell you is currently in its ninth year of existence with continuous growth, a million dollars plus in revenue last year, full-time staff of professional journalists. We travel everywhere to cover all of Pittsburgh's teams, including the Steelers. I'm at every game, meaning Steelers. And if I'm being really honest with you here, like really peeling back the curtain, the podcasts for me are just a fun thing. They're they're kind of a side thing. Uh, they don't take me very much time. I don't do much prep at all. I just come on and talk with you. Uh, most of my prep is already handled through simple osmosis because I have to write about this stuff. So the research happens, the experience happens, the interviews happen just by being there. So what I'll do is at the end of a very, very, very long day, and I tend to be very much a night owl, I come up with the daily shots. That's it. whole thing takes about an hour, all three daily shots, one each on Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates. The other thing that kind of gave me the impression that you might be a little on the younger side, and again, feel free to write back to me and tell me, hey, man, what are you talking about? I'm like 40 or 50 or whatever. But just writing this out, all right? is your line about how you get to go in and meet the players. Uh, these are the types of lines that reporters like me will mumble to each other at four in the morning in a security line at an airport somewhere <laughs> where we haven't slept more than a couple hours. We haven't eaten in about 12 hours. We just finished writing multiple articles off of whatever game it was that we were just covering. And one of us will turn to the other and say, but at least you get to meet the players. You got to trust me, my man. It doesn't mean a thing. It's fun whenever the players are fun. The people that I've gotten to know uh, and like 
Uh, it's made the job uh, more invigorating whenever that happens, but you don't walk in there and go, whoa, man, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> when you've been doing it for three decades. Uh, there is not one athlete anywhere around whom I will get starstruck. I've also covered five Olympics. I've been around Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt, LeBron James and Venus Williams, and not one of them has that effect on me. It's just, it's not me being like, ooh, big shot or whatever. It's just you do it so much that it completely numbs you to that sort of thing. Now, if you get me around somebody who's a musician or one of the bands that I've loved forever, I will melt I will melt like a school child right in front of you and right in front of them. But that's not what we're talking about here. Now, I appreciate this question. I do. And I appreciate and don't think it's a coincidence that it came to Daily Shot of Steelers as opposed to one of the other two. The Steelers have a much more global and widespread fan base than the Penguins and Pirates do. And as a result, somebody who has spent literally his entire life in Pittsburgh and will be here forever. You will never drag me kicking and screaming or for any promotion or other opportunity I've had them, believe me, to leave the city. Nothing would ever be worth uh, my happiness in that regard. It's very much common sense to me that a Steelers fan listening to this show for the first time would go, who is this guy? Even though I've been doing this for a really, really, really long time at what I'd like to think is a, a fairly high level. I appreciate it. I do. We will do another one of these daily shots of Steelers tomorrow, and we will find out how old our man here really was. 